Welcome everyone, my name is Stephen Holastic and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. And for those of you who don't know what Financing Solutions is, uh, Financing Solutions over the last 12 years has provided easy to set up lines of credit for small businesses. Uh, we are not brokers or anything like that. We are using our, our own money to put it out there for lines of credit. And it's one of the most valuable things any business can ever have. I've had it myself for my businesses for over 30 years, various different uh, lines of credit. Uh, I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about getting a line of credit for your business, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 plus years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today I'm excited to be speaking with Ashley Sang from Ashley Sang Consulting. And before we get to Ashley, I'll just talk about today's sponsor. Um, our sponsor today is TMG, which is, stands for Technology Management Group. For over 30 years, they have been the, uh, a leading company in the cybersecurity space. Uh, and so if you have a question, if you are potentially looking for a consultant, if you're looking for certain software that relates to cybersecurity, they would be a good company to talk to. And you can just visit them at cyberctrl.net. Again, that's cyberctrl.net. I'd like to welcome Ashley today. Ashley Sang consults uh, uh, conscious and caring with conscious and caring business owners so they can grow their impact and their revenue. Through Ashley Sang Consulting and as a host of the Purpose and Progress podcast, she equips entrepreneurs to take confident, meaningful action in alignment with their values. She believes that businesses can feel and do good when it's rooted, when they're rooted in values and propelled by purpose. Ashley, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So... Have you felt like what I've learned over um, building, you know, several companies is the quicker I get to um, having a consistent message, mm. um, the better I do, the better I feel, mm -hmm. the 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 happier my employees are, uh, the faster I grow. Uh, why, why does it take us all so long to understand that communication both internally and externally is so important? Yeah. Well, first, I'm so glad you mentioned both the internal and the external, um, because so often we think of messaging as only our marketing, only the ads that we run or our website copy. Um, but it is so much deeper than that. Um, and I think part of the reason it takes so long for so many of us is that entrepreneurs as a group of people tend to like to experiment. They tend to like the variety. They tend to not want to feel boxed in in some way. And so 
one of the ways that manifests is, oh, I want to do all the things for all the people, or I want to try all the different marketing and messaging mechanisms, the, all the different mediums out there. I got I to gotta do it all. Um, and to some extent, that can be useful, especially if you are a service provider or if you are um, determining and developing the exact group of people that you want to reach. Sometimes that experimentation is actually a benefit because then you figure out what you are good at, what you are not good at, what you like, what you don't like, who you like to work with, who you don't like to work with, etc. But I have also found that the more experienced the entrepreneur I work with, the earlier in their process they invest in brand messaging strategy because it impacts everything. It impacts the ads that they run, the graphics that they create, the flow of the website, the pitches that they do to podcasts and media. It really is the foundation of everything, especially when you do it it, from my perspective, which is values aligned brand messaging. So really taking it that next step further of figure out what you want to be known for and how you want to move through the world, how you want to make people feel and make all of your decisions from there. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think the problem too is um, communication internally, externally is I, is a third or I don't even want to know what the number is, but the third or fourth step in the process of identifying your communication strategy, because you have to understand your mission, your purpose, your culture, hmm. and then, and your customer. And then once you, and that, unfortunately, that sometimes takes a couple of years. Hmm. Now, I remember when I uh, started my, 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 my fifth company and I said, it was almost before that it was my third company. I said, this is what my culture is going to be. And this is what our mission is going to be. And I did that before we started the company. Mm -hmm. And so therefore for me to come up with a communication that we wanted internally and externally, it was so much, much easier. And um, but I think the problem is, is like so many of our listeners are new business owners and they have so many balls in the air that they're trying to juggle that they don't really focus on, they can't focus on your mission, your culture, your, your, your purpose, because that kind of gets pushed aside to make money. <laughs> right and I, right and and I know if you might say Ashley well making money and communication are the same thing mm-hmm. right they're 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 interrelated I agree with you but so is you know serving a customer and finding a customer that's there's priorities too what yeah. would you say so for me it is a bit of a chicken or an egg situation. Um, do I invest in my messaging or do I go out and get customers? And then once I have enough money, invest in my messaging to get more. Um, but I would argue, who do you even know? How do you even know who those customers are? How will you even sell to those customers? Or, okay, let's say you get this amazing opportunity to speak on a stage or you get some free ad dollars or um, somehow you hit it big on SEO and like you're, you're getting all this organic traffic. And 
how do you know, how will you convert those eyeballs, those ears? How will you take those people, that audience, and turn them into loyal customers? It is through your communication. It is through really setting the tone and establishing a voice. And again, establishing a set of values of no matter where you see us around the internet or in real life, here's what you're going to expect from us. And so, yes, that permeates into your delivery, that permeates into your product or service development, that permeates into your hiring culture. Everything about brand messaging is, of course, related to the marketing, both the acquisition and the fostering those relationships long term. But it also is really, really tied to your operations. How do you know who to hire? How do you know who's going to be the right fit? Um, How do you onboard clients, customers, team members? How do you offboard them? If you have a sales team, how do you want them to sound? How do you want them to dress? Who, how do you want them to address your customers? All of that directly impacts your ability to make that money. So even if you think you don't have the dollars to invest in brand messaging strategy, maybe try to DIY it, maybe try to do it as part of a mastermind you're part, in, uh, you're part of, um, or you know, obviously you can work one-on-one with a consultant or an agency. Um, but regardless, taking the time up front to reflect on how do I want to be known what do I want to accomplish through this business? Because the business is a mechanism, right? There, if, if you don't have the audience on the other side, there is absolutely nothing that will happen in or through the business. So connecting with those people, the real humans on the other side, both as paying customers, but also as an army of advocates that can go out and spread the good word on your behalf uh, or can be, become part of that company culture, Um is super, super important. So yes, it's definitely a chicken or an egg situation, but I would argue it is worth putting in the investment, whether it is simply time investment or if it's also time and money investment upfront to be able to attract the right type of people, build loyalty amongst the right type of people, hire the right type of people and grow from a base of the right type of people. Yeah, I agree. I think the inside out strategy is is much better than the outside in. In other words, is create the messaging that reflects what your employees think versus your customers first. Because if you hire the right people, then businesses, uh, you know, business will come. But uh, I, 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 you know, it's kind of funny. So I, my first eight and a half years, I worked for Xerox, which was. You know, for those of you who are young, the Xerox was the Google of its day, right? It was, it was, you know, it was very prestigious, great company to work for. I loved working there. And, but, the, you know, those, and it's still around today. Those, you know, there were really big companies. There's IBM, there was Xerox, there was, you know, Cisco. And, you know, you know, they still have big companies around today. But, you know, so when I started my first company, all I knew was, you know, big corporate America. So, you know, I would pick the messaging that I saw in big corporate America. So my taglines would be, you know, oh, well, you know, this is what Xerox did or this is what IBM did. And, you know, it wasn't until after I started maybe, um, you know, diving into some books about brand strategy and communication you know, that I kind of started throwing that out the, the door a little bit because I always felt that, you know, although there's nice lessons to learn from big companies, 
that when you're building a smaller company, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different. I mean, well, let me ask you, would you agree with that when you're building a three, four, five million dollar company is your communication strategy a different than a large, huge corporation corporation? Yeah. So what's beautiful about smaller companies is a, they're normally a lot more agile. So they're able to take feedback from staff, from customers. Uh, they're able to read the room, the proverbial room of like what the market is, uh, where the market is going, and they're able to adapt without that massive red tape or that huge ladder of approvals that you need to get before you can put out this experiment, right? Um, so that's one thing that's really beautiful about being part of and building a smaller business. Um, and then also... The smaller the business, the more connected you are to the real people on the other side of it, those real humans. I'm a huge fan of human first business. Um, and so you're able to have actual real live conversations with the people who are using your products or services. Um, they're able to, again, shape that culture, but also shape that product suite or that suite of offers um, if you're a service provider. And it's... Yes, a lot more agile, a lot more personal, and the messaging reflects that, right? And it's a lot easier once you have done the legwork of establishing what your brand values are, uniquely defining them for you and your audience and your business, like really what those words mean to you, and then actively apply them across your marketing and your operations you're able to have this focal point to continually, continuously evolve and you're able to get everyone on board. Having that values aligned mes messaging really does build loyalty internally and externally because with large corporations, it's really about maybe the clout that comes with it or the uh, sort of status quo. Well, I've always used this brand, so I guess I'll just keep using them. Um, but with smaller companies, it's much more about, I really like what this brand does and stands for and how they make me feel as a customer. And I want to spread the word about it because I really, really like it genuinely rather than sort of this is my default choice. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of beauty in being smaller and, um, obviously corporations have a lot more, uh, hands on deck to create campaigns. Obviously they have a lot more money to put behind campaigns, but that doesn't mean they're more successful in terms of actual conversion or in terms of, again, building that brand loyalty, um, maybe they get more reach, you know, maybe in their ad analytics, uh, it would say that they're seemingly more successful, you know, quote unquote. But um, I think that a lot of us are turning more toward, I know what the founder's story is type of businesses, or I know the real salesperson that I have interacted with multiple times type of business. Um, so Hopefully that answered the question. It did. Let me ask you, I'm going to give you two choices here. Uh, the first choice is it's a young business within their first year or two. And uh, would you uh, say that owner have a communicate, have a, um, 
a message. Even though you don't know the company, you don't know your customers really that well yet. You really don't know your employees that well yet. I mean, you're going to have a certain idea, right, of what those messages might be. Mm-hmm. Or the other option is you the the, the uh, owner waits, you know, two or three years until they really get a handle on who their customers is, their who their best employees typically are, the culture of the, of the company, <clears throat> the lay of the land with their competition. Which would you choose? I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to choose. I'm going to tell you after you tell me, but you tell me. All right. Well, I might surprise you. For me, it's a it's an and both situation. Um, so for me, brand messaging is constantly evolving because businesses are constantly evolving. Audiences are constantly evolving. Teams are constantly evolving. Even you, the visionary, the founder, the CEO, you're evolving as a human, as a person, as that leader. So yes, I would absolutely do it right at the get-go of what, what are you showing up every day at work to do? You know, what, who are you hiring? What are you creating? How are you pricing it? Where are you marketing it? What are you saying about it when you are at a dinner party or a networking event? Like you need messaging at that stage. Absolutely. Uh, and also you need to revisit all of these elements. I have six elements in every brand messaging guide that I create with my clients and we co-create it. And, uh, I literally create a Google Doc so that it is living and breeding. It's not a beautifully designed deck like a maybe visual designer would do. Uh, it is a working document that they can copy and paste and tweak one word or tweak whole sentences. They can um, sort of really use the guide dynamically so that maybe they invest in year one, like you described, and then two or three years down the road when they have a much better sense of their audience, they have a much better sense of where they fall in the market, in the whole grand scheme of what it is they're trying to create. And they can either periodically, every quarter, a couple times a year, at least once a year, revisit that guide, or they can really do a full rebrand using the original guide as a base and using all of their experience and information that they've received over the past couple of years to create a whole new, fresh brand messaging strategy. So the elements that go into it would be the same, but how they manifest, how they sound, how they make people feel would be ever more nuanced, nuanced, nuanced. So for me, it is a both situation. Yeah, no, I, and that's, that's what I thought too. That's, I would say is, you know, start off. It's the nice thing about a smaller company you alluded to earlier, that is you can easily update your communication strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Google, cannot easily update their communication strategy. It's one of the reasons why small businesses can compete so well against big companies. And most people don't think that way and uh, who own businesses uh, or who don't own businesses. You know, you can compete so favorably against a big company because you can find a niche and you can, you can be very agile in both the niche you're going after and your communication method. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, y- y- it's there for the taking. 
you know, you just got to remember that you can't compete in the same plane that a big company is competing on. If you are, you're losing. Hmm. So you have to compete on a different level, higher price, better service, bet, uh, va- communicating values that are um, that resonate with with both your employees and your customers. These these are things that big companies have a really hard time doing, and and most small business owners don't realize that. So. Um, you mentioned there's six or seven steps that you kind of recommend. Could you just tell us those seven steps and then we will we'll go back at them? Yeah. So in every brand messaging strategy I co-create with my clients, we start with a brand statement. So this is basically an elevated elevator pitch. It's really, in a nutshell, a couple sentences. What do you do? Why does it matter? What do you stand for? Who's it for? The really overarching brand statement, right? And then we move on to the mission statement, which you mentioned earlier. So really why you're showing up, right? Um, And then we move on to our brand values, which again, we establish the three to five brand values that are guiding every single decision across the entire business. And we uniquely define what they mean to that brand because your values are how you show up right? So your vision is your what, your mission is your why, your values are your how, and then of course your audience is your who, who you're showing up for. So audience is the next component of that. Really outlining what does this person care about? So not just the demographics, like what they are on paper, the boxes they check, but also the psychographics. So who they are as a person, what makes them tick, what they care about, what their shopping habits are, um, what their values are, etc. So brand statement is one, mission statement is two, uh, values is three, audience is four, brand voice is five. So how you sound. I have one really uh, specific example that always pops into my head from a client, um, which is she wanted to be like a a college dorm residential advisor. She wanted to be authoritative, but friendly, um, sort of ahead of her clients, but not light years ahead. Um, She was self-deprecating, but wholly uh, confident. Um, She had a really specific brand voice and it was really, really useful as she created content and copy, but also as she outsourced to other people so they could really capture how she wants to sound everywhere she shows up. Um, And then the last element, which is the longest part of the guides I create, are these core messages. And for me, this is the little marketing speak blurbs that we have, things that can be pieced together, pulled apart. They can be um, prompts for social media captions. They can be email subject lines. They can be headlines. They can be copy-pasted directly and used as body copy on a website. And this is really the actual messages that people are seeing out in the world. Um, And I generally divide it into sort of about the founder, about the brand, and about the offers, but it depends on the type of business it is. Um, So those are the six core elements. And I find that it's robust enough, um, but not so overwhelming that people can't actually implement because a strategy is only as good as it is implemented. So I really, really want my clients to take the guide, run with the guide and use it out in the wild, in the real world, rather than, you know, collecting dust on a hard drive. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, listen, 
the, I've mentioned this in other podcasts, um, the best work I feel like I ever did over 25 plus years internally was a branding project that I, that I worked on for my third company, Healthcare Seeker. And, and, it's, and the reason I mention it is that having a framework, the reason why it was such a good work was because we used someone else, uh, you know, this guy's name was Bob Bloom, who uh, uh, wrote a book called The Inside Advantage. And we followed his methodology. We ended up um, hiring him too. And, you know, uh, just uh, so everybody knows, Bob Bloom was the founder of Publicis, who was, who is, uh, was the largest advertising agency in the world. And we got him in his 80s when he was, you know, you know, starting to slow down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, well, he was great. He was so good. But that was a great project, and I worked on it with it, with, with my uh, my management team, and it was really good work. And until this day, um, you know, I, I I use a lot of that in some of my other companies. Um, so I really believe in. So once I, this is what I found is like with Ashley's framework, which I would really highly recommend everybody. I'm sure she's going to give her website later, and it's going to probably be either on her website or you know you can. Um, and I would recommend one one of the things that we le I learned in that project is, so we were being cheap, and because we it was a it was a newer startup, and we read the book as a as a team management team, and then we said let's implement it, and we kind of got stuck. Hmm. And then I went back to Bob and I said, you know, we're struggling here a little bit, and he's like, well, just bring me on for an hour or two, hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> and it. Within 15 minutes, I'm not kidding. He had us right on the right path. And it was like an easy, the two hours that he spent with us, we would have spent 10, 15 hours groping in the dark, you know. Um, however, having said, so what I would do is I would use Ashley's framework and then bring Ashley on board to kind of help, you know, coach you guys. Um, so I want you to think, Ashley, about your I love real world, world case studies. Um, so uh, I want you to look at um, the uh, think about a client that um, you've worked with that were in the early stages that was your best client ever. Tell me what they did right. Hmm. Okay, I have a, a client that comes to mind. I've done a lot of projects with um, him and his founding team, um, and they haven't. They're so early that they haven't. They're not even out in the world yet. But basically, they're building a um, franchised gym system. Um, but it's really special. The way they approach exercise and community is really, really special. And he's built multiple companies before. And he came to me pre-launch because he knew he wanted to establish that culture. He knew he wanted a really strong um, employee handbook, employee onboarding. And then, of course, he's attracting franchisees. Um, so, and, and franchisers, right? So he, he, he knew that he wanted not only the staff on the ground, the the owners to really, really encapsulate what it is that he has as a vision for this business. So we started off with a values deep dive with his founding team, which was really powerful. These are so fun. Um, I don't do these super often, um, but 
when I am working with startup boards, nonprofit boards, when I'm working with um, maybe newer C-suite additions, uh, we often do this values deep dive and it gets everyone on the same page. It allows everyone to voice their opinion of what is it that we're building here? It allows us, uh, me, the outside perspective, but also the entire team who's on the call, um, and especially the founder, the CEO, to realize, oh, not everyone is moving in the same direction here, and then you know, course correct accordingly. Um, and so it's a really powerful way to talk around their values without talking, you know, please list your three to five values. That's my job is to sift through everything that comes out of their head and their heart and really put some tangible, concrete concepts um, to that thought leadership that they have. So we started with a deep dive and then we did a full brand messaging um, strategy. And then we took that strategy and worked on website uh, copy. We took that strategy and worked on their business plan bios um, to really reflect, all right, here are the humans behind the business that we're building. Here's the type of people we want to be attracting as franchise partners, as customers, and it's been this long saga and this slow build as he builds his business from the ground up. And he has been so, so, so intentional and thoughtful every step of the way. And that is exactly the type of client that I love to work with because they're just setting themselves up for success, right? They're setting themselves up for being a really good steward of a really good business that is built on serving real people on the other end. Um, so that is the the first example that comes to mind. Um, he yeah, that's a good one. Awesome to yeah, work with. I and you have to, so listen. The, everybody should know out there the most successful businesses in the in 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 the world are franchise businesses. Yeah, you know, the franchisee, not the franchisor. That's the franchisor, the person who's buying the businesses. Yeah, it's debatable. <laughs> you have to have a lot of those businesses, but you know. But what is the franchisee giving to everybody? Is a fran? I don't know if it's franchisee or franchisor, but but whatever. The the person who's come came up with the whole idea. See, what someone's buying is processes, procedures, and communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's 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 really what you're buying. So there's a business case to why the person you worked with valued communication so well and all those things because that's what people were buying mm -hmm. you know they you know they they want to see that stuff and so i think and the reason why that's important is if the most successful businesses in the world which are franchisees or franchise uh situations uh, are doing it and it's proven over and over. I think of McDonald's. I mean, I, I hate to even say some of these more common ones, McDonald's, but there's so many net ones now. I mean, I actually, I actually met the guy who, um, uh, he's considered the most successful franchise or in the history of franchises. He came up with the idea behind Boston market. He, he would, he came up, uh, up behind Liberty tax and he had th uh, two other companies that I can't think of right now. Um, and if they're doing it, if they're valuing communication, culture, mission, and identifying that quickly, that's that's something that everybody should be doing. And that's mm -hmm. a that's a good uh, um, uh, thought track for even me to think that way too. 
So yeah, um, I recently read a book called The E Myth Revisited, and yep. it was all about franchising um, and yep. shifting that mindset. So if anyone is curious, they might be interested in that. Well, that's a so the E Myth Revisited book, which has you know been out. The original version came out thirty five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a couple things about it. so. Um, in the circles of starting your own business, the e-myth e was the number one and is considered to be the number one most important book read by small business owners. Really? Because wow. uh, Michael Gerber, the author, wrote um, something that's very famous that said, you should be working on your business and not in your business. And that is um, a, an anthem for business owners. Um, the second thing, just that everybody should know, so I hired the second in command um, of Emeth, the of uh, Michael Gerber, um, to be my business coach. So she was the second in command to Michael Gerber when he first came out with that book, and I hired her to be my business coach, and she was with me for ten years. So um, um, anyway, so you know, it's just kind of. Uh, it is a good book and good books don't go away. You know, Good to Great is also a very famous book for people out there as well. That's read by a lot of business owners. So um, so we're, we're kind of running out of time here, Ashley. Um, I'm going to give you the kind of the last thought that, or, or that you would recommend to our um, listeners. All right. Well, brand building, as I've said, is an evolution and we are so close to our businesses, whether we are solopreneur service providers, whether we are building multi-million dollar companies, we're so close to it. We are in the weeds all day, every day. We're normally emotionally attached to the vision that we're creating, to the decisions that we're making. So I highly recommend getting outside perspective. That is so important in creating your messaging, but also in determining what your values are, determining what your vision is, what your your company culture is going to be. So whether you hire a consultant like me or a business coach like you mentioned, or whether you're part of a mastermind or some sort of paid or free community, whether it is um, you know a business accountability partner, uh, even a life partner, someone who is not inside your head and heart all day, every day, who can reflect things back to you, who can poke some holes in some ideas that you might have, and who can give you that space to express your ideas out loud and see what comes of them. So highly recommend outside perspective in all of your decision making, um, but especially when it comes to brand building and brand messaging strategy. Wow, it's good, good message. I like it. All right. So I'd like to thank so very much Ashley Sang from Ashley Sang Consulting for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You know, we've had, I think, I think I've done 300 episodes now and, uh, you know, every single guest, you know, just, if you just listen to our guests, you are going to do great in your business. Um, uh, also, if you like today's podcast or any of the other one, please give us a five-star review. It really helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, please feel free to go to our website, which is fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. And Ashley, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, thank you so much. So you can... 
email me anytime. Um, but the best way to get sort of inside my head is to do a free download of a visionary's guide to elevator pitches. It walks you through my framework of how to talk to real people about what you do and why it matters, no matter the size of your business or whether you're building a personal brand in tandem with your company. Um, and I would love, love, love to hear your elevator pitch once you create one. Great. Thanks oh, for and coming. Sorry, and what's, let, what, me share, yeah, let me share how to find please, that. Please. Um, yes. Do ashleysang.com. So Ashley with two E's, saying like saying a song, um, ashleysang.com slash MBA, like the podcast, and um, you'll be able to download it for free. Great. So um, it's A-S-H-L-E-E, Sang, S-A-N-G. And what's the uh, at sign? I, I missed it. Uh, dot com slash MBA. Great. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you so much. So um, my takeaway, and I was trying to run through it really in my mind um, toward the end of our conversation, and that was my takeaway for today was um, I think two of the most important things that you have to do and that is the most underrated thing uh, and to me in business, and I'm just a proponent of certainly the first one, and that is you have to have a lead gener generation system to get customers that are profitable. That's number one, because if you don't have that, you don't have a business. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is you need to have, you need to understand your culture, your mission, and be able to communicate it. And I think the, the, you know, the thing that Ashley's giving away um, you know, the elevator pitch. I mean, that really makes a lot of sense to me in a communication strategy, because if you're going to go out and do a lecture or go on a podcast or, mm -hmm. you know, do, or, or even be in front of a client, you need to understand what some of the key things you're offering people are. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that all revolves around communication. So it could be communications first and then you know, finding clients that are profitable is second, because that's probably the order that I, I think you would go in. And then third would probably be hiring the right type of people. Um, so, you know, everybody just keep that in mind. Uh, it's certainly just my opinion. So uh, other than that, um, thanks for listening. And, you know, please continue to listen to the Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Have a great day, everybody.